670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 6.07 underway for a Wednesday morning. NCAA basketball eve. Um, underway. Yeah. What a great week this has been yeah, so one far. Of the, one of the teams I was rooting for, though, lost last night. I'm guessing Wyoming. That would be yeah, correct. Yeah. I wish Wyoming would have uh, the, won uh, that game. They lost to Indiana, which I guess, I guess there's no shame in that. Um, really. No, but I mean, good grief. Your best player has 10 turnovers by himself. He yeah, could there, not. There, there Maldonado a, could not hold on to the ball last there, night. There is a little bit of shame in that. You're right. Yeah, uh, I mean that's your best player. He had six turnovers in the first half alone. The team had a whole bunch of turnovers, and some of them were just completely unforced errors. Yeah. Um. You know. Um. It was. I mean, entertaining game. They were in the game the whole way uh, until, of course, the uh, final couple of minutes when they were too far down to uh, make a comeback. And um, I didn't. I, I didn't have a lot invested in the Texas Southern versus Texas A and M Corpus Christi game. No, but Texas Southern won that one. Yep. Um, NIT was going on last night. Uh, Utah State, uh, another Mountain West team, got beat. So we've got two Mountain West teams who are in uh, NCAA Paul, and NIT respectively, and already two losses. Paul, Paul J last night he tweeted and he pointed out that uh, what is it Boise State and what's the other one. Is it Washington that's still in it? Or they're in the NCAA tournament, right? University of Washington? I uh, don't know. Any, well, Washington maybe, maybe didn't make it. Maybe, oh, okay, it's not Washington. Who is it? Uh, they've got Arizona made it. Uh, USC made it from the Pac-12. Uh, mm-hmm. UCLA, I think those are the only three. Was it, did Washington State make it? They did. No, they're in no? the NIT. Good grief. Washington State's in anyway, the NIT. They he, played a home he, game last He night. pointed out that from the entire uh, Pacific Northwest, there were basically two teams that made it. Gonzaga and Boise oh, State. Gun, that's what it was. Gonzaga. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I can't believe I forgot Gonzaga. <laughs> How did you forget Gonzaga? Well, I was the thinking number one of the, overall seed. I was thinking of the names of states, and Gonzaga isn't the name of a state, so it didn't come to me. <laughs> I was like, Washington, Washington State, Eastern Washington. What else is up there? Well, Seattle? you had the right state. Yeah, you had the right state. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So it's Gonzaga and and Boise State, and of course, uh, if they keep winning, they'll end up playing each other. Um, this has been an absolutely fabulous week. Your Boise State. First of all, you know the the. Baseball ended uh, their lockout and spring training, so um, I get to go to a spring training game next week. Uh-huh. We see Seattle and uh, Cleveland, the the Guardians. I can't even talk to it about Nate. He is so upset with their changing oh. uh, of the name. Yeah, um, Boise State makes the NCAA mm. basketball tournament. Meanwhile, on on my side, I, I have decided to embrace the Commanders. The Commanders, the Washington. Are, so Commanders. you are embracing them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me see. What else? Uh, on, on game days. The you... highest ranking ever yeah. for a Boise State oh, basketball team. On game days, you go commando. That's how you... Uh... And then this happened yesterday. I ask unanimous consent that the Rubio substitute amendment at the desk be considered and agreed to. Is there objection? Without objection, so ordered. Thank you, Madam President. And uh, yes. as the day goes on, <laughs> I, I look forward to... Others will be coming to the floor here in a moment. You'll see it's an eclectic collection of members of the United States Senate in favor of what we've just done here in the Senate, and that's to pass a bill to make a daylight savings time permanent. Yes! By the way, that was Senator uh, Kristen Sinema. Yeah, you, you didn't really whisper. Yes. You didn't really care which one it was as long as they just picked one and stuck to it. Yeah. And, and that was my preference is to go with daylight saving. I want a daylight saving time, um, too, because I want that extra. Term. Yeah, I want that extra hour of night to play golf. 
I just want it to, you know, like at 5 p.m. in the wintertime. I don't want it to be dark yet. Yeah. Now, the complaint about this and why this has had trouble passing in the past, we'll see if they can get around it this time because this is only passed in the Senate. It still has to go to the House, and then yeah. uh, President Biden would have to sign it if, if it goes to the House. Um, but the, the complaint that a lot of people have is they don't want their kids going to school in the dark. Well, they should uh, get, get them a tutor then. Or maybe the schools just start school an hour later. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Don't be screwing up. Getting rid of switching back and I mean, forth on our, our time. That's not a bad idea. If the uh, if the sun rises until close to 8, you know, have school start at 8 or 8.15. There you go. Um, if that wasn't enough good news yesterday, in and out officials have submitted an application to open the first Idaho location of an in and out burger at the Village in Meridian. That's great. I'll probably... Uh, visited about 2030 when it when the crowds died down. <laughs> uh, I posted on social media yesterday that things were so great that I feel like I'm being set up. And you know, if, if somebody handed me free bacon, I would think I had died and died and gone to heaven. Well, wait till tomorrow. We have uh, Congressman Russ Fulcher on this morning, who is in the House, which you know the uh, Senate bill would go to next, um, because as I mentioned, they would have to pass it. So. Um, this is one of those occasions where all my bitching and whining for the past three years has uh, maybe finally uh, paid off. Let's yeah. see if I can do a little bit more of it and uh, get uh, Congressman he, Russ Fulcher on board. You finally wore them down. Yeah. 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 If, if this doesn't pass in the House, uh, boy, we'll, we'll have to take action. I don't know what that means, but we'll have to do something. I'll go to the voting booth and take it. Okay, do that. Yeah. Or I could do like Bundy and... You know, call all my cronies and say, hey, we're going to protest. See if we can get a uh, hospital shut down for an hour or so. Nah, it's a lot of work. Apparently not. It was easily done besides, yesterday. Besides half the people just make fun of you, and the other half, you know, <laughs> think you're doing a great job. We'll talk more about that. Uh, Ammon Bundy continues to be uh, in the uh, news um, getting a hospital, major hospital, closed down for about an hour yesterday, and people were told to divert if they were coming in and neither ambulances yeah, or had seems, an appointment. That seems like a bad idea to n- not allow access to a hospital. Great way to make fans, I'm, I'm thinking. Um, that's not uh, the only news we have with uh, Ammon Bundy. Um, his case on trespassing yesterday, surprisingly, went to the jury for deliberations after only about a well, day and a half. He didn't call any witnesses. He not only didn't call any witnesses, he didn't make an opening statement, um, but he had lots of complaints after the trial was over. He is uh, apparently getting the uh, defense that he's paying for. Um it, it, this case was supposed to last pretty much all week. They said it was probably going to go four or five days. Um, jury uh, got deliberations going yesterday, so who knows? We could see something today, uh, possibly tomorrow. You never know with juries. As I mentioned, I, I've served uh, on one jury, and mm-hmm. it was just shocking to me that it took as long as we did, and it only took half a day on a check fraud case. And, I mean... It still took a half a day for us to deliberate just because we wanted to make sure yeah. we followed all the rules and all that stuff, which which you should. Um, but in my way of thinking, it's like, God, this is so open and, and shut. But yet here we are a half a day later still deliberating on this thing. 
the one time I was on a jury, um, we didn't get to deliberate or anything at the very end because they made their opening statements and then we broke for lunch. And I think during his opening statement, the defense lawyer uh, counted how many of us in the jury, uh, you know, rolled our eyes <laughs> and said, and then, better, we better come to an agreement. Yeah, and, and they and they came to an agreement uh, during lunch. Don't forget, tomorrow at this time, you will be invited to uh, join us. We are going to be... See, the week just keeps getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Biscuit and hogs. It's kegs and eggs tomorrow. St. Patty's Day. You got the basketball games going on and all the big screen televisions. Uh, you got that uh, team... Um, they are Mustangs, horses that play in the city of Boise that we'll be uh, we watching that, at about 11.45. The ones that almost rhyme with noisy state, except it's... There you it's, go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we just can't officially legally say that. Uh, which, is, which, our, is, which is weird, but hey. Yeah, very strange. Uh, but make plans to join us. It all gets underway at 6 o'clock. Dollar Green Beers all day long, plus a lot of other, other surprises that we'll be telling you about throughout the morning here. Time now for our first update on... Sports with Rick Worthington, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. They are right across the street, by the way, from uh, Biscuit and Hogs, and they also have specials tomorrow. You want to get a great green corned beef and cabbage sandwich, and you also have corned beef and uh, cabbage soup. By the way, the sandwich is green on purpose. The soup is not green, um, but it is all delicious. Get in tomorrow although, beginning at 10 and 30 for St. Patrick's soup, Day special. Green soup would be good. Good. I mean, you know, split pea is. is split pea, yes, not, not corned beef and cabbage. Well, yeah, that's true. Good morning. We'll start with Boise State men's basketball. The Broncos will take the floor tomorrow in their first round matchup of the NCAA tournament in Portland, and they'll be taking on Memphis. Like the Broncos, the Tigers started the season slowly, opening 9-8 and eight before winning 12 of their last 14. Coach Leon Rice hopes facing them in the NIT last season is going to be a help this season in the matchup. What it does, too, is their press. I mean, it doesn't mean that you're coming out of the gate and you got it solved because they usually come out guns a-blazing and their, you know, their press is usually great from the start. It's different than maybe anything you've seen all year, so you would hope that that could help you. You never know. Each game is different. The Tigers allow 40% shooting and force an average of 15 turnovers a game. Handling their press and controlling rebounds at both ends of the floor will be crucial. Our coverage will begin at 11 a.m. tomorrow on AM 670. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Just to reiterate, our regular programming will be available on 93.1 FM KBOI, while the basketball game will air on 670 KBOI. I'm Rick Worthington. In Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Six twenty-four. Don't forget, uh, final day to get your million-dollar bracket challenge filled out. KBY million-dollar bracket challenge gets underway tomorrow morning. Have to be have it all filled out by ten o'clock. So don't go at nine fifty-nine and think you could fill it out um, in in one minute. You're not going to be able to do that. You can do it right now if you'd like. KBY.com. Click on the million-dollar bracket challenge. You can uh, fill out your bracket, win a million dollars if you get a perfect bracket, and even if you don't get a perfect dra- bracket, uh, if you get sixty. Of the game teams correct, uh, you can get yourself ten thousand wow. dollars. Wow, you can miss up to three. Um, you can also uh, get yourself bragging rights over Chris, myself, mm-hmm. Nate, Rick. We're all filling out a bracket, bracket, so you can have uh, bragging rights. I got a bunch of. Uh, I was just looking at my bracket because yesterday I just filled it out um, yesterday, and uh, I've got two 
13 seeds making it to the Sweet 16. So I've really, really gone out. Yeah, I've gone out of my way. I've got Chattanooga making it to the Sweet 16. I've got South Dakota State, both 13 seeds making it to the Sweet 16. Um, I've got a lot of upset. I got Virginia Tech making it into the next round over Texas. Uh, I got Davidson um, over my or Davidson over Michigan State. Is I, another I one. I didn't pick that one, but that's probably a good pick. Loyola. I, I got Loyola beating Ohio State. It could happen. New Mexico, a 12 seed I have going to the Sweet 16. Hmm. Um, I, I, my heart, I went with Boise State. I Man, yeah. I just think it's going to be a tough game for Boise State. If they can keep the turnovers down and uh, corral the uh, NBA top pick, the freshman. I mean, this is without, it goes without saying that in the NCAA tournament, you have to do this. But they better play a darn near perfect game to beat Memphis. Yeah. Uh, I think if they can just keep their turnovers if they can keep their turnovers under 10, mm-hmm. um, teams that play against Memphis um, average about 14 or 15 turnovers a game, something like that. I think if Boise State, with that press that they have, uh, can keep their turnovers turnovers down and yeah. then play like they regularly do. And, and who knows? This this could be a team of destiny them. finding a way to win somehow as they've done all year. Knowing Coach Leon Rice, that's probably what they're practicing. Yeah. Uh, tonight, a uh, couple of more play-in games. Last night we had a couple. Tonight's... A seven ten p.m. Notre Dame plays Rutgers. I have the uh, that whoever wins that game beating Alabama too. I think I, I think I think the same thing. Uh, thinking it would be Notre Dame, but uh, you know, it, y- you never know. Yeah. Especially See, now the, I had I had Rutgers winning that game, but I think Rutgers will will win on. Like I said, I got I got a lot of the uh, other um, a lot of uh, upsets going on in this year instead of going all chalk. The other play-in game is at four forty p.m. And that's on True TV. <laughs> it's it's a sixteenth seed play in, so you know the big names Bryant and Wright State. <laughs> ah, I love this time of year. Um, once again, the action gets underway. Don't forget, we will be there. A part of the action pregame gets underway for us at six tomorrow. At Biscuit and Hogs, you're invited. We'll open up at six o'clock. Dollar beers because it's St. Patty's Day. Green beers all day. Uh, corned beef and eggs. It's it, it's kegs and eggs day tomorrow is what it is. So you got corned beef. You have uh, eggs. The key um, the key to most of their dishes is and eggs. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be delicious. It's going to be fun. Uh, going to have some prizes we'll be giving away throughout the morning too. So hopefully we'll see a biscuit and hogs. And it's going to be going on all day. Nate Showman will also do his show uh, three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And three o'clock, by the way, is happy hour three to six. So it's a happy three hours tomorrow. Kind of just the way we are. Once we've uh, you know set up a biscuit and hogs, we don't like to go anywhere. We yeah. just like to stay there all day. And hopefully you will feel the same way. Hope to see you uh, tomorrow. At St. Patty's Day, and to celebrate the basketball tournament uh, with the uh, team from that rhymes with Noisy, um, Noisy State um, playing in the uh, first round. Oh, that'd be New Jersey. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. Uh, KBOI News Time is six twenty-seven. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 640 phone lines are open. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through this morning, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Send us an instant message, or you can even text us. Same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Uh, Dow, after being up yesterday, uh, continues. The futures market up 338 points so far today. 
Still waiting uh, on uh, the Fed meeting to dis- to hear how much they're going to raise interest rates. It's uh, mm-hmm. pretty much a foregone conclusion that uh, they will be raising them. Will it be a quarter point? Will it be a half a point? We'll find out uh, probably, I would guess, either later today or tomorrow as that meeting continues. Um, the other good news going into uh, the stock market going up has to do with oil prices. Uh, oil prices have dropped, what is it, $35 a barrel over the last week. Mm-hmm. So they were up uh, to $130 at one point last week, and yesterday they dropped down to about $95 a barrel, which good news. Well, under 100 is what we were hoping. For. Yeah, good news for all of us uh, could mean that we could be seeing uh, within the next couple of weeks gas prices dropping again. I don't know if that means that they're going to drop below $4. I sure the hell hope so. The the, the market seemed to react positively when uh, President uh, Zelensky of Ukraine yesterday uh, mentioned that a, a peace deal with Russia is starting to sound more realistic. But the, uh, uh, in his opinion, though, a peace deal would be like, let's end the war and you go home and we'll stay here, which I'm sure Russia isn't going to, to uh, be satisfied with. We'll talk more about this um, this morning. Um, there is a belief that from some of, of the U.S. military advisors that this has been so bad for Russia that they could end this within the next 10 days to two weeks just because they, they're starting to realize that they don't want to spend the next 10 years in Ukraine <laughs> fighting. Uh, they thought that they could just like, roll in in like a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, in a couple of weeks and just overtake the country. And that has found that it is not true. And as a matter of fact, as it's gone on, even after they, they, they've rolled into the country and they've taken over some cities and they continue to kill civilians, um, we've had, uh, what, three members of the press, two, mm-hmm. f- two members of Fox News were killed yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, civilians are being killed. Um, but it seems as Ukraine is getting stronger um, against Russian forces as the battle goes on. Plus, those who are part of the press uh, in, in, in war, in you know, universal uh, rules of war, the, the people in the press are supposed to be left alone. And it is clearly marked everywhere they are that they are press. Yeah, the 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 press that has been killed so far were killed when they, they, uh, they shot were, up their vehicles. Exactly, they were targeted by uh, somebody from the Russian army. I I don't know if this is true. This is estimates according to uh, Ukraine's military. So far, there have been thirteen thousand five hundred troops, Russian troops killed, eighty one planes shot down, ninety five helicopters, four hundred and four tanks destroyed, hundred and fifty pieces of artillery, twelve hundred seventy nine armored vehicles destroyed. Um, two boats, 640 cars, 60 fuel tanks, 36 anti-aircraft weapons. So, I mean, Russia is not getting out yeah. of this unscathed. Okay, Plus, you've, 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 you've heard the stories of um, the Russians who have been um, captured and are like saying, we didn't know we were going to be attacking you. Mm-hmm. We just want to go home. They're trying to do the uh, the old consultant thing, which is move fast and break things. So I don't I don't know how much of this is true, but uh, you know if Russia says if Putin finally goes, man, this is bad. First of all, um, we're not going to have an economy. Their stock market hasn't been open since February twenty fifth. They're all because Putin is afraid that if he opens the stock market, it's going to be worthless. They're going to sell everything, even at losses, because they 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 want to have their money out of it. So he hasn't opened up the stock market since February twenty fifth. Wow. Um, 
it, it remains to be seen. We'll talk more about this. Get your thoughts if you want to weigh in. Also, you can email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. In the meantime, let's get another check on what's going on with sports this morning. Uh, a lot of sports activity. This update is brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. The place to go tomorrow, especially, you've got... Uh, the uh, corned beef and cabbage soup, which is I've had before, delicious corned beef, green corned beef and cabbage sandwich, green on purpose. Today, one of the most popular soups, if you want to get in for lunch today, jalapeno bacon potato cheddar. There are plenty of reasons to get into lunch or dinner today at Fat Guy's Fresh Deli in Meridian. Good morning. The Mountain West Tournament was rewarded with four bids to the NCAA Tournament. And the NCAA tournament got going last night, and one of those Mountain teams, or Mountain West teams, I should say, is done. That's because Wyoming lost last night at the hands of Indiana. Uh, it was a good game, but Wyoming didn't have enough to come back at the end and lost 66-58. to There was one other game played yesterday as the play-in game for the Texas Southern Tigers, uh, defeating the CC Islanders of Texas A&M. 76 to 67 was the final score of that game yesterday. Now, there are two more games that are scheduled to be played today. These are also play-in games. It'll be Wright State that takes on the Bryant Bulldogs. Both of those teams won 20 games and are number 16 seeds. The other game is Notre Dame taking on Rutgers. By the way, both of these games are being televised. You're going to have to search a little bit to find them. But you do have play-in NCAA tournament games being played tonight. I'm Rick Worthington. Live home, live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Once again, another chance for you to uh, try and pick yourself up a $50 gift certificate to Huck House Brunchette this morning with our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, the number 44 ranked Berkshire Hathaway brokerage in the entire world. Three continents, 12 countries, 1,500 brokerages. They just were uh, ranked number 44 in the world. Top 50 again, just awarded the circle of excellence. What does that mean? Integrity. And you can also count on them for all your needs when it comes to real estate. 208-888-4128. Our question today uh, has to do with the NCAA tournament. What is the only team to register more than 100 points in the finals of the NCAA tournament? That's our question today. Has to do I with remember the that game. Tournament. Uh, by the way, I will give you early risers. It's the only time I'm going to give this hint. So for those of you who are up early this morning, uh, you get this hint. Nobody else will for the rest of the morning. Um, this team plays in the Mountain West. Interesting. There you go. That's your that's your hint. That, that should narrow it for all you early risers this morning. Stick yeah. around to answer. Yeah. Figure out uh, which of those teams has actually been to the finals. It's not a big list. No. Um, so uh, coming up at 820, we'll give you a chance to try and uh, win that here this morning. Phone lines are open. 208. 336-3700, toll-free, 1-800-529-5264, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through. Plenty of ways to participate in the show. Uh, you can also email us, chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. Your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Governor Little directed the Idaho Department of Administration to seek an injunction on behalf of the state of Idaho. 
The filing seeks to have the court enter an order to prohibit individuals from camping on state property near the Capitol. Individuals started gathering on the state property at 6th and Jefferson Streets in Boise in mid-January. In a release, Governor Little said public camping on the Capitol Mall is inexcusable and unnecessary because there are free resources for the homeless immediately available in the community, including shelters that provide safe, secure, overnight shelter where individuals suffering from mental health or substance use disorders can access valuable resources. Idaho will not tolerate public encampments and destruction of public property. Idaho is not San Francisco, Portland, or Seattle, where public officials have engaged in failed experiments to permit and encourage public camping disguised as protests. I think in those places, uh, they just decided, you know, we can't keep up with the the sheer volume of, of homeless people they have. Individuals started gathering on the state property uh, located at Jefferson and Six Six Streets uh, in mid-January. Since then, there have been a growing number of violations and dangerous conduct requiring increased calls for police service and enforcement action, including multiple instances of violence, drug abuse and distribution, presence of hypodermic needles and bags containing human feces and urine, soiled clothing, vomit-covered tents, rotting food, abandoned property, garbage, and other fire hazards. Central District Health inspected the area this week and determined it to be a public health and safety hazard. Yeah, that, that is the, uh, my guess, the worst thing about uh, living uh, on the streets or living as a homeless person is you do not have your own bathroom. Once again, you are allowed to protest. Um, the suit here being filed is against camping. You're not allowed to camp on the state property. Now, you are allowed to camp on the state property if there is no other place for you to Mm -hmm. go. And at no time during this protest have all the shelters located here in the Boise area been full. One has been full, but others have had many, many beds available. One of those shelter resources, Boise Rescue Mission, according to Reverend Bill Roscoe, They have plenty of open beds. We have open beds at both River of Life Men's Mission and the City City Light Home for Women and Children in Boise. And he went on to say, contrary to rumors, these aren't just rumors, this this appeared in the Iowa Statesman, we are not a high barrier shelter and we offer safe, clean shelter, three meals Mm -hmm. daily, and many programs and services all designed to help people recover from homelessness. We will welcome anyone who comes to our door needing assistance, unquote. Because he's people have, have accused the rescue mission of being high barrier, and that's why nobody wants to go there. That's why they have rooms open. Yeah, which 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 makes sense. Uh, I mean that uh, that they don't actually have those high barriers simply because when you're in a position to uh, deal with people who need tons of help, uh, you're not really in a position to say, okay, you have to meet these criteria first, unless they're very 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 simple. I can't imagine. They they were talking about how um, horrible the smell was from this area and how muddy because, you know, it's wintertime, people tracking stuff around. Could you imagine? That, that was before yesterday when we got all the rain in Boise. Could you imagine how muddy and and uh, yucky that is this morning with all the rain we got yesterday? Oh, yeah. Again, it's it's better to be in a house or apartment. The state's lawsuit was filed against Boise Mutual Aid, which is a loosely knit group that organized the protest. 
Uh, Ty Wernicke, a representative of Boise Mutual Aid, had a list of individuals um, who was represented, some people involved in the protest. We only represented a few individuals, he said. Uh, Boise Mutual Aid, he said, is not really an entity, so I don't understand why we're being sued. The uh, state's legal complaint filed in 4th District Court says, quoting here, defendants have erected a tent city at Capital Annex. They're using the tent city not as symbolic form of expression, but as a place to unlawfully live. They are abusing the Capital Annex by littering it with feces, vomit, urine, rotting food, needles, alcohol containers, cigarette butts. The complaint also charges that the encampment is a uh, locus of criminal activity, unquote. Yeah, you can, in this country, we do have freedom to protest, but ideally, in any given community, especially this one, uh, you cannot just do it you, any way you want. In other words, you can't break a bunch of other laws while you're protesting. Right. It it doesn't uh, it doesn't uh, you know it doesn't get rid of your responsibility to still be a bit of a good citizen. And nobody down there, so far as far as I know, has been cited, fined, or arrested for protesting. The only people that have been cited fined or arrested are people that you know have been caught doing drugs um they've they've even just taken away certain camping equipment because once again it's okay to put the tents up for a protest but if it's just a protest why do you need camping equipment why do you yeah. need why do you need a, a a stove a burner sleeping bags if you're not camping there because make it like day camp but it'd be day protest yeah. you could you can leave, legally protest but Jim, it's the campers that, mm-hmm. that are illegal. Jim has written in and says, breaking news from the Wall Street Journal at 7.07 a.m. this morning. Ukraine said Wednesday it has launched a counteroffensive against Russian forces encroaching on its capital, Kiev, and other key cities hours before President uh, Vladimir Zelensky is due to address Congress about the war in his country. He's doing that right now, by the way. Overnight in the uh, Kiev area, uh, Ukrainian forces appeared to counterattack in the outlying towns of Erpenbuka and Hostomel, or possibly uh, something that's spelled that way. Elsewhere, Ukrainian forces pressed offensive uh, south and east of the southern port of uh, Mykolaiv. Uh, again, pronunciation may be way off. Moving in the direction of uh, Kyrgyzstan, the only Ukrainian regional capital occupied by Russia in the war. Ukraine said it carried out an airstrike on the Kyrgyzstan airport, which is now a Russian airbase, and satellite imagery of the tarmac showed seven destroyed or damaged Russian helicopters, some of them engulfed in flames. Kiev also uh, shot down two Russian Su-30SM jets over the Black Sea off of Odessa. That's Jim from Boise. They are uh, calling this one of the most important addresses um, to Congress since Winston Churchill by a foreign leader. Yeah, and uh, basically same deal with uh, with uh, the United Kingdom. They needed help, too. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll talk more about this uh, coming up here next half hour. Uh, on the way, we'll talk with Jeremiah Bates about uh, your money. The stock market continues to be up today. Uh, I'm guessing that's going to be because of the uh, news of uh, oil dropping over $35 a barrel over the last few days. We'll talk with him and find out if that is indeed the case. That is on the way right now. Let's get another check on what's going on with sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Jalapeno, bacon, potato, cheddar soup today. Um, one of their most popular soups. You can get that today. And don't forget tomorrow, 
celebrating St. Patty's Day. Get in for a green corned beef and cabbage sandwich. Green on purpose, remember. And also, I have had their uh, corned beef and cabbage soup. It's delicious and a great way to celebrate St. Patty's Day tomorrow. Uh, Remember, they're open at 1030 every day. Good morning. Boise State will take on Memphis tomorrow in the first round of the NCAA tournament in Portland. Looking for their first win in their eighth appearance. The Broncos and Tigers both have balanced scoring and rebound well, and both have been more of a defense first team. Coach Rice describes what he thinks his team's going to see. It starts with their press and the way they fly around and make you turn it over. And you remember last year, we the first half, I think we had 12 turnovers. and the second half, we calmed down and only had three. They get balls that you don't think they could get. They're, they're quick to the ball. They're athletic. And then they turn those turnovers into highlight reel. Shooting 40% could be the key. Boise State is 22-3 and three if they do. And Memphis is only 6-9 and nine if they allow opponents to shoot 40%. The Broncos shoot 45% for the season. Our coverage begins at 11 tomorrow morning on 670 AM. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. So again, we just like to reiterate our programming plans for Thursday. If you're looking for our regular scheduled programming, you'll be able to hear that on the FM side of the dial on 93.1 FM. However, if you want to hear the basketball game, pregame will start on 670 KBOI at 11 a.m. with tip around 1145. I'm Rick Worthington. I'm for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 722, Jeremiah Bates with us this morning. Uh, the uh, stock market futures, Dow futures up 307 points. About eight minutes ahead of the opening, uh, Standard & Poor, NASDAQ, all the futures are up. Uh, that's after uh, it being up yesterday for at the uh, close. Questions? I got questions, Jeremiah. <laughs> um, you know, we've got the meeting going on with the Fed right now. We'll find out here in the next day or so uh, what interest rates are, are going to be rising. Uh, I think it's pretty much everybody agreeing that they're going to rise. We just don't know how much. That can't be what's going in uh, here to the, you know, what's going into the stock market and being in the green, is it? Yeah, I mean, as far as the Federal Reserve meeting, I mean, what we're seeing right now could change after we get the kind of the breakdown of the Federal Reserve meeting, right? A general consensus is that interest rates are going to go up. I mean, they're going to make a statement, whether it's 0.25% or 0.50% interest rate hike, uh, anticipate that to come forward today. The main thing that investors are looking at is the forward guidance, meaning what, what is, uh, like how aggressively is the central bank going to rein in this surging inflation moving forward throughout the end of the year? So kind of how they're saying it, what they're saying, their overall tone could potentially sway the market either way. Now we're seeing some positive news right now. Obviously, U.S. equities had a big jump yesterday, a big jump today, at least so thus far that could change based on these past couple of weeks. So keep that in mind. But you have some positive news. It, it looks like there's some potential diplomatic progress between Russia and Ukraine. You had uh, Zelensky coming out and saying that the two sides were sounding more realistic. So that's some positive news that the market is digesting. And in my opinion, the big one is China right now. So you had China come out making, uh, they came out and made some statements today saying that 
they're really going to work to stabilize the Chinese market because the Chinese, uh, the the broad uh, major U.S. index in China has been getting completely crushed. It's down 14% this year. It's 40% uh, below its all-time high, which was in 2018. So it's been rough for China. So they're coming out and saying, hey, we're going to implement some monetary policy. We want to stabilize the Chinese (laughs) stock market. We want to focus on boosting economic growth. And you're looking at the second largest uh, GDP country uh, in the world. Like When that happens, that's going to sway the market. uh... So Sorry, it, it, it just kind of sounded like when they made that announcement yesterday, it sounded like what they were saying was, uh, well, we didn't do very well this week, but we're going to manipulate it so we don't, that doesn't happen again. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you got to look at, I mean, China, China's going to be opportunistic. They, obviously, they're focused on there, so they, they're taking a more, I guess, muted tone, especially with, with Russia right now. And that was the concern. So there's, I mean, the positive news too, because one issue with these, uh, these Chinese stocks, particularly listed on, in the U.S., was regulatory change. Because the U.S. was coming in pretty, pretty hot and saying, hey, if you don't uh, start practicing some transparent accounting and kind of start playing ball from a regulatory standpoint, we're going to delist these. Well, that tone has changed. So that threat of Chinese stocks being delisted in the U.S., um, not, not really the case right now because you have China coming out saying, Hey, we want to support these overseas listing. We want to coordinate with, uh, the U S on the regulatory front. And another big concern was the rising COVID cases. Cause you know that China, they go on lockdown. They shut things down. So you're starting to see some news as well as particularly with Foxconn that China is going to allow some workers to resume, uh, to, to resume work inside this COVID bubble. Um, so, I mean, th- there is some positivity right now. I mean, this, and the market's going to take any positive news and react, and we're seeing mm-hmm. that today, but that could easily change. It could easily change depending on what comes from the Federal Reserve statements today. And obviously, oil is just still, it's still pretty volatile right now. I mean, that well, concern around... it is down around, $35 a barrel in the last week, so that's good news, right? Yeah, we were down almost 30, I mean, almost 30% from the highs that we saw a couple weeks ago, right? So... But then the question the question becomes really you know what's the demand from China going to look like? There's kind of some pricing in with potential COVID cases because you know China is obviously a big consumer of oil. Um, but yeah, there's a little bit of optimism right there. But you know, the thing with it, China like, that scares me though, as as you mentioned, is you know if if their COVID cases continue to rise, how much will they shut down the country uh, again eventually if they continue to be on the upswing? Because people might not think that affects us, um, but we get a whole lot of products from China. And it oh, just, what? what? It would just 100%. stop everything again. We saw that effect already. I mean, last year and the year prior from the fallout of COVID, right? So, yep. th- I mean, it, that is a valid concern. The solution is really, I mean, our administration needs to really make a strong push on how do we become less reliant on uh, overseas countries to, you know, have mm-hmm. have medical equipment and have basic essentials. It, until that happens, um, if China continues to go on lockdown, we will certainly feel the effect on that. And if you're talking about inflation numbers continuing to come in hot, if if we see if we see China lockdown, expect that to happen too. So, right. um, seeing them open's good. We're seeing some positive news. We'll take it where we can get it. All right. Once again, stock market uh, ahead of the uh, opening. All the indexes are up. We'll keep our eye on it. You'll give us an update in an hour, and we will talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Don't forget, coming up tomorrow morning, you'll be able to join me and Chris. We'll be at Biscuit and Hogs. It's kegs and eggs at Biscuit and Hogs tomorrow all day, beginning at 6 until close.
the uh, basketball tournament gets underway tomorrow. So that will be, uh, once the games get underway, we'll be on every big screen. You won't miss any of the action. No matter what your favorite team is, you'll be able to come in and you'll be able to watch that. We'll start the day off with uh, kegs and eggs, as I mentioned. Dollar green beers all day. It's St. Patty's Day tomorrow. Uh, also have uh, corned beef, eggs, uh, and uh, hash browns. That will be uh, a special for only 12 bucks. One of our specials that we'll be doing tomorrow is uh, part of Kegs and Eggs. You had me at hello. They also have uh, 3 o'clock when Nate Showman takes over, and we'll be broadcasting his show live. Uh, there will be a three-hour happy hour with uh, some fantastic happy hour specials. Um, you know, you got the green beer that will continue for a dollar. You've got $2 White Claws, $2 Pints, um, all sorts of food specials during their happy hour. So uh, definitely a, a day to plan your trip sometime during the day. Um, or if you must, stay there all day to watch the games, uh, I guess, if you want. Uh, anyway, it's going on at Biscuit and Hogs. Like I said, we'll be doing our show beginning at 6 tomorrow morning. Invite you to come on out, say hi. We'll have some prizes that we'll be giving away throughout the day. Should be a lot of fun for Kegs and Eggs with Boise's News Talk, KBOI. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. On Capitol Hill last week, Dr. Beth Malo, sleep expert at Vanderbilt University, said we should permanently be on the hours we keep in the fall and winter, saying daylight saving increases the risk of chronic sleep loss or circadian misalignment. It basically refers to a mismatch in the timing between our work, our school, our sleep routines, and the sun. But Steve Calandrillo, professor at the University of Washington School of Law, says more daylight is better. Darkness kills, sunshine saves. That's what I like to say to my students. (laughs) Regardless of your feelings, experts say this is a great time to check your smoke and carbon monoxide detectors. (laughs) Way to get that in there. I I have to say, my circadian has been uh, misaligned all week. I just Mm -hmm. feel it's just been out of whack all week. Um, The uh, Senate... I think think mine were out of whack for about uh, four months, and and it just got back to normal this week. The uh, Senate unanimously passed a bill yesterday to make daylight saving time permanent across the nation. It's called the Sunshine Protection Act. Still uh, faces a vote in the House, but if it's eventually passed there, that would mean an end (sighs) to changing our clocks twice a year and a potential end to that depressing early afternoon darkness during the winter. Which makes you more content overall. Oh, my bitching and whining about this has finally paid off. I mean, it could be a coincidence, but yeah, it, it, I go, I'll go ahead and give you credit. You didn't hurt the uh, cause. The part that sucks, though, is even if this does pass, uh, the uh, bill delays the implementation of permanent daylight saving time until November of 2023. Why? To give airlines and railways time to adjust their schedules. Oh, plus calendar manufacturers, you know. they. Damn it. Even if this passes, I've got to wait uh, over a year yet. But there is light at the end of the tunnel, and it's an extra hour of light. Yeah. So happy. Now, if we can just... We'll talk with Congressman Russ Fulcher. He's uh, one of the subjects we'll talk about this morning. Um, I'm I'm sure this came up yesterday um, with people in the House talking about it, uh, because this bill now goes to the House where it has to be passed. That's not the end of it, by the way. Uh, Once it's passed there, it goes to the president, and uh, he can either pass or veto it. Um, But it was uh, one of the few things... That we have seen in the Senate this year mm-hmm. that has had bipartisan support. 
How often does that happen uh, in this day it's, and age? It's getting to be about once a year, I think. Yeah. So that's the good news about it. Um, once again, Congressman Russ Fulcher will be with us coming up here at about uh, 8.35. Um, what are you more excited about? Phone lines are open. I want to hear from you. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. What are you more excited about? Daylight saving time, possibly becoming permanent, or In-N-Out Burger, submitting an application to open its first Idaho location at the Village at Meridian Or are you yesterday. Against, are you against both for some reason? What are you more happy about? Go ahead and uh, call us up. We'll take your phone calls, emails coming up here in just a couple minutes. Right now, though, it's time for our final check on what's going on with sports with Rick Worthington. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, where they're celebrating St. Patty's Day tomorrow. They've got to corned beef and cabbage soup and uh, green corned beef and cabbage sandwich. By the way, the corned beef and, sa- uh, and, and cabbage sandwich, by the way, is green on purpose. So uh, don't read anything into that. It's all going on, opening up tomorrow. Uh, might want to get in there. Grab yourself a whole bunch of food. If you're going to be watching the uh, games at home, pick them up at Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Good morning. Some NFL news for you today. As the Browns brass flew back from a meeting with whom they hope will be their team's future quarterback, Deshaun Watson, Its current quarterback, Baker Mayfield, posted a statement to social media last night thanking the city of Cleveland and its fans, quote, who truly embraced who I am. Now, we don't know exactly what's going on with Deshaun Watson, but we do know the Cleveland Browns are serious enough that they flew all the way out to Texas to talk to him about him waiving his no-trade clause and to come to Cleveland. The Browns are one of four teams, along with the Saints, the Carolina Panthers, and the Atlanta Falcons, who were attempting to land Watson in a trade with the Texans. Watson's already met with the Saints and Panthers. He's scheduled to meet with the Falcons today. Watson didn't play, of course, all of last season following an off-season request to be traded and the emergence of 22 civil liberty lawsuits against him alleging sexual assault and inappropriate conduct during massage sessions. The grand jury in Texas on Friday, though, declined to indict Watson on any criminal charges, signaling an end to those criminal proceedings related against him. Uh, And now Houston's ready to deal him because he says he's not going to play for them. So who will he go to? Could it be the Browns? Baker Mayfield's at least worried enough that kind of said goodbye to fans yesterday. I'm Rick Worthington. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. I ask unanimous consent that the Rubio substitute amendment at the desk be considered and agreed to. Is there objection? Without objection, so ordered. Thank you, Madam President. And uh, as the day goes on, I I look forward to... (laughs) Others will be coming to the floor here in a moment. You'll see it's an eclectic collection of members of the United States Senate in favor of what we've just done here in the Senate, and that's to pass a bill to make a daylight savings time permanent. Every year we change those clocks ahead or back, shifting to and from daylight saving. Researchers have tracked those changes over the years and say a time shift can have an impact on health. The clock inside our brain that regulates sleep and wakefulness is typically a very reliable, periodic uh, process. Dr. Nancy Foldberry is with the Cleveland Clinic. She says most can adjust without any issues, but not everyone. Having just one hour shift can actually affect us pretty significantly. Medical experts say if you notice any changes to your health or sleep problems, talk to your doctor. 
Uh, what a great day. Great day yesterday for both myself and Nate Shellman. Uh, the thing he is most excited about is in and out officially submitted an application to open its first Idaho location in Meridian. That location will be at the Village of Meridian. The pros, uh, proposed 3,879-square-foot store would seat 84 guests indoors, 32 guests outdoors. drive through would accommodate 41 cars, and there would be enough on-site parking for 47 so, cars. Yeah, it'll be one of the bigger ones, sounds like. In and out would operate seven days a week, 10 a.m. to 1 a.m., Sunday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 1.30, Friday and Saturdays. I'm wondering, um, this would probably be fairly close to Chick-fil-A. I'm wondering if that would cause the line to Chick-fil-A to go down, because anytime I drive by there, Chick-fil-A has like 30 cars in line. It doesn't matter what time of day. The only day they don't have a line is Sundays. What do you got? Chick-fil-A, Dutch Bros, one or two other places just are always packed. Yeah. Um, What are you most excited for? Are you most excited for daylight saving time? That's what I'm excited for. Um, in and out, I've been to In and Out. I, I hear people talk I, about. I it. never have. And after all the hype, I'm really hoping it lives up to it when I finally get a chance to try it. It doesn't. It doesn't. Let, that's what I don't get. I don't understand how In and Out is so popular because, like I said, I I've been to In and Out in California. I lived in California for a while. I've been In and Out in uh, Arizona. And I just don't get it. I mean, it's okay, but there are places here in the Treasure Valley already well, they don't, that are way better than what I consider In-N-Out to be. They don't have like a crack burger on the, uh, on, on the menu or something that only addicts would, would enjoy. Well, some people think that they are crack burgers. Yeah, well. I mean, Nate Shellman, one of, one of our own people here would consider them to be crack. He absolutely loves it. He thought this was the best news ever. I don't know. I, I I don't it's one of the things that I don't get. I mean, you eat, some people just absolutely love this place and rave about it and can't wait for it to come and, and you're exactly right, Chris. This thing is, is gonna have long lines. I, I don't know how long the lines it could be like Chick fil A. I mean those lines people thought Chick fil A lines would go down. Yeah. They've never gone down. You still every time you drive by, there's twenty to thirty cars sitting there in the drive thru. Uh, Dallas writes in, I heard that Nate Shellman has already hired a person to stand in line for him to be the first to eat <laughs> at the soon-to-be In-N-Out Burger I, coming I, to Meridian. I, I can't tell you that it's not true, so it might be true. <laughs> um, uh, if I had to be uh, a betting man or to guess, uh, that might really be true, that even if he hasn't found somebody yet, he's looking for somebody who will go stand in line as soon as they break ground. Uh, I don't know. Um, your thoughts. What are you more excited for? 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 806, phone lights are open. As they always are, so that you can take part in the show if you would like at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Email Mike at KBOI.com or Chris at KBOI.com. You can also text the same as our uh, main number, 208-336-3700. Also toll free, 1-800-529-KBOI. That's 1-800-529-5264. Another day uh, this week, uh, another day of uh, Evan Bundy news. Major Boise Hospital went on lockdown for about an hour Yesterday afternoon, as you heard in the news there, after far-right activist Ammon Bundy urged supporters to go to the facility in protest of a child protection case involving one of his family friends, St. Luke's Health System put the Boise Medical Center on lockdown and began diverting incoming patients at about 
1.30 yesterday afternoon saying safety is our top priority, the hospital said in a statement. At this time, anyone in need of care should seek alternative health care providers and options. We ask that people please avoid the area near the uh, Boise Hospital until further notice. A few dozen protesters had stationed themselves outside various hospital doors and buildings, some speculating on social media about whether the facility could be is, accessed via underground tunnels. Interesting. Is uh, locking the entrance to a hospital uh, going uh, a little beyond the line? Uh, I would say if you're blocking it, I I don't know. Protesting out in front, I mean, there's only, like they said, a couple dozen. I saw the pictures. It, it didn't seem like a, a huge crowd of people. I, I think the the thing that they were worried about was a social media posting when people started going, hey, are there, can we access the facility mm-hmm. via underground tunnels? When, they, when they you start talking about that, then, that, yeah, right? that when you start talking <laughs> about that, then, then, then you might have some security issues. Um, it didn't last very long, so I'm guessing the uh, security issues were sorted out fairly quickly. Um, the hospital opened up about a, an hour later, um, but there were people who were diverted from the hospital. I saw a couple yeah. of media, social media posts saying, you know, that how much it sucked that they had to go to find a different hospital because they had appointments or things going on that they needed to get help with um, and couldn't get to the hospital. I've got an appointment with St. Luke's at 1030 this morning. Luckily, you didn't have it yesterday afternoon. Ex- exactly. I thought about that. Earlier in the day yesterday, Bundy released a statement on YouTube warning that if any uh, that if an acquaintance young child was not returned to the family after hearing uh, Tuesday afternoon that patriot groups would take action. And what would they do? Um, Didn't say what specifically the action uh, would be. He went on to say that uh, he asked followers to protest at the homes of children uh, or homes of child protective service workers, law enforcement officers, and others involved Mm. in the protection case. Yeah, again, not what I would do, but... uh... He also said this judge, if he doesn't return this family back, Knowing and seeing the information that is out there, if he doesn't straighten this out, then we may have to straighten it out for him, unquote. And that's not going to be pretty. Well, apparently it's therefore not going to be lawful either. So I don't, I don't know exactly what, yeah, what he, what he meant by that. Um, only Ammon Bundy probably knows what, what he meant by all of those posts that he had put out on YouTube and, uh, YouTube and sent to um, his followers. That isn't the only Ammon Bundy news. Man, he, Ammon Bundy, I don't know how he has enough time in the day to do all the stuff that he is doing. He is, being, he is keeping very, very busy. Uh, he's also on trial, or, or he was on trial yesterday in a surprise move. Ammon Bundy, who has represented himself, did not present an opening statement or any witnesses in his defense on charges related to his violation of a ban prohibiting him from entering the Idaho Capitol. Uh, Bundy, who's running for Idaho governor, appeared in Ada County Magistrate Court on Tuesday for the second day of what was expected to be a week-long trial. Bundy was charged with three misdemeanors, two counts of trespassing, his second offense within five years, and uh, resisting or obstructing officers' arrests and seizures. Ada County Magistrate uh, Judge Kira Dale said she was surprised that the trial ended so quickly. Frankly, I just didn't expect to be here today, Dale said. The development came right after Bundy, uh, prosecutors, and Dale had an impassioned conversation without the jury present about what information involving Bundy's past court cases could and couldn't be discussed before the jurors. 
Bundy apparently wanted jurors to hear those details, but Dale maintained her order that prevents the jury from knowing about any prior cases. Bundy told the uh, Idaho Statesman in an interview at the courthouse uh, after uh, the jury got the case for deliberation that the justice system is not about the truth anymore. I can't talk about why I went to the Capitol, question mark. What was my state of mind? What was I thinking about? What the actual statute said? Apparently not. It's a matter of law, according to the judge. Well, you know, we we do have laws, even even about protesting. Uh, Bundy had said that uh, one juror had extreme bias also. One member of the seven-person jury told Dale in confidence they felt vulnerable after hearing some of the statements Bundy made in footage of his arrest presented to the court. In one of the videos, Bundy um, had said that... uh, he told state troopers that he would sue them and come after them legally. The uh, statement, according to the juror, made him feel or her very uncomfortable. Bundy said that he had extreme bias and wanted them off the case. The hmm. judge refused to do so. And when I when I saw that part of the story, I thought, oh, Bundy's got reason for appeal if you're if he loses. Now there's nothing to say that he's going to lose. He could be exonerated on on, on all these charges. Um, it has to be unanimous. There's, there are, it was a seven-person jury, um, but after the, uh, all the evidence was heard, the judge did excuse that juror, saying that six jurors were enough to be able to find guilt or innocence, but it still has to be a unanimous <laughs> jury decision, all six. I wonder but, what the minimum number is then. Yeah. Anyway, the jury has a case. It went to uh, deliberations about 4.30 yesterday. I would imagine sometime today or tomorrow we'll probably hear uh, an answer on whether or not he is found guilty or not. But that's the latest on uh, Ammon Bundy. Oh, good. I still, uh, it's interesting because no news out yet on baby Cyrus. The whole thing stemmed yesterday because uh, Bundy, and I don't even know if this is true, Bundy was claiming that they were taking the uh, baby Cyrus um, to be housed with, uh, uh, oh gosh, what different kind of parents. What's the uh, term for? Foster. Foster parents. Um, and he said if, they, if, if he's healthy enough to go to foster parents, he should be healthy enough to go to his own parents. Stands to reason, yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, because I've only heard Bundy make that statement. There's no news about baby Cyrus, if baby Cyrus is still in the hospital, if baby Cyrus was to be transported to foster parents yesterday, or if the parents have been allowed to be in the hospital. I don't know any of that. Um, None of that news has has come out yet. So nobody else knows it either, then? Apparently not. That's good. And you would expect the hospital not to release any... I mean, they never release information on, on... their patients. I mean, it's it's a HIPAA violation to mm. release a- any information. So you wouldn't expect any of that information to come from the hospital. Um, it would have to come from from the family, I would guess. 208-336-3700. And talk more about this if you want, um, uh, or if you don't want. Uh, we've talked about it ad nauseum for, it seems like, the <laughs> last three days. Uh, but that's just the latest. Um, we've got Congressman Russ Fulcher. He's on the way with us in about 20 minutes right now. Uh, don't go away because we've got a chance for you to get the $50 gift certificate to Huck House Brunchette with our Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible Question. That's on the way next right after Bronco Sports Today. 
Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, we've got uh, Huck House Brunchette gift certificate, $50. That'll get you a lot of great food for you and your family if you can answer our question today. Ronnie is going to get first crack at it. All right, Ronnie. What is the only team to ever score more than 100 points in the finals of the NCAA tournament? There's only been one. I believe it's UNLV. So you believe it is. Is that going to be your answer? That's my answer. It is UNLV. Yay. 1990 National NCAA Division I basketball title went to UNLV. Got a 103-73 to 73 victory over Duke. Wow, that is a throttling. Uh, over 100 points, the most points ever scored by a single team in an NCAA championship game. And, and then remember okay, the year. Thank you. The year UNLV almost went undefeated. The, the team that ended up beating them at the end was Duke. Yeah. Craziness. Um, I, I'm expecting a lot more craziness uh, this year with uh, all the games getting underway tomorrow. Don't forget, we've got uh, Biscuit and Hogs. It's Kegs. And Eggs Day at Biscuit and Hogs. You're invited to join us. Um, me and Chris, got a great day planned for you. You'll oh, be yeah. able to join us uh, beginning at 6 a.m. We're going to be broadcasting live. Nate Shulman will be doing his show live, celebrating St. Patrick's Day and the start of the basketball tournament. Uh, you can take advantage of $1 green beer all day long. Enjoy breakfast, too. The signature corned beef, corn beef, hash, and eggs will be on special for $12 tomorrow. Uh, you can watch all the tournament action on one of the many big screens located throughout the Biscuit and Hogs establishment. Nate Shulman then will broadcast his low his show beginning at three, which coincidentally or not is the same time happy hour begins. <laughs> uh, Two dollar uh, Bud pints, White Claws, and mimosas. Four dollar Long Island iced teas. I, I think we're we're obligated to believe Mar- that uh, it's, it's a, a coincidence. coincidence. Yeah, margaritas, Moscow mules, dry martinis are all four dollars plus half off every single signature drink. Plus they've got a lot of food specials on their happy hour menu, and their happy hour menu goes the entire time. Uh, this may be another coincidence, but happy hour is over at 6, and Nate is going to be done broadcasting at 6, too. <laughs> coincidence? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so make plans uh, tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. Could have some prizes we'll be giving away all day. And this goes all day from 6 o'clock until close. $1 green beers for St. Patty's Day, plus all the basketball action. Hopefully we'll see you there to say hi tomorrow morning with News Talk KBOI. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. I ask unanimous consent that the Rubio substitute amendment at the desk be considered and agreed to. Is there objection? Without objection, so ordered. Thank you, Madam President. And uh, as the day goes on, I, I look forward to... Others will be coming to the floor here in a moment. You'll see it's an eclectic collection of members of the United States Senate in favor of what we've just done here in the Senate, and that's to pass a bill to make a daylight savings time permanent. That's so funny. Uh, the yes you heard there whispered there is uh, Senator Kristen 
Cinema whispering uh, yes after that passed. On the phone line uh, with us this morning, Congressman Russ Fulcher is here. And uh, Congressman, it's the first thing I want to ask you about this morning. Uh, no, I'm not even going to ask you about it. First thing I'm going to lobby you on this morning <laughs> is to uh, help to get this vote now passed in the House, where it will be uh, heading. It's been one of my biggest pet peeves of the last three years while I've been here on uh, KBOI. Um, Congressman, can you help? can you help me out? Well, you know, I saw the profile for the uh, Senate bill, and it said the Mike Casper Daylight Saving Times bill. <laughs> oh, that would be on awesome. The, on the label. And so uh, I figured that maybe you'd have something to do with that. Yeah, you know, that's, that's what we do, though. You know, we've got war in Ukraine. We've got $30 trillion debt. We've got COVID. <laughs> and so we go out and uh, we address Daylight Savings Time. That's what we do in Washington. Hey, at, at least you can pass something, right? <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, yes, apparently so. Uh, I don't think it's hit the house yet, but uh, I'm sure we'll be on it here right away. But yeah, thanks for the update, Mike. <laughs> You're welcome. I just I just want to make sure I'm not a registered as a lobbyist, but I just want to let you know that I am openly and blatantly lobbying for your vote here and uh, any of uh, of your other people in uh, the house that you can get to uh, add their votes to this. I, I it would make me happy. So I, I would owe I would owe it you a big time. Let's uh, put it that way. Okay. In all seriousness, I know this has come before the legislature in the state a time or two, because there's uh, at least, I think there's at least two states that, uh, you know, opted out sometime back. I I think Arizona did, and maybe Hawaii. I believe you're correct, yeah. And and, uh, that's just going from memory. And, And the states do have the ability to do that. There's a couple of I don't remember the detail, but there's a couple of things they have to take into consideration. It has to do with intrastate commerce times needs to be honored. Uh, I forget the detail, but uh, but if it happens at the federal level, it's a you know it's a sweeping impact, sweep, sweeping change. So you don't have to worry about those things if you, if you want to get rid of daylight savings. President Zelensky of Ukraine spoke to Congress. Uh, were were you uh, in? Uh, were you in, in in the room for that? And uh, do do you want us to help Ukraine more? You know, I, I was in the room, and uh, I think that uh, the vast majority of House and Senate was was there. And he he made a very uh, a very emotional appeal, and uh, uh, it's clear his circumstances are are pretty dire and. He is out there, and uh, part of, of what was shown to us was a, a very graphic video, and he's trying to make a point, and he certainly did. I mean, uh, war is an ugly thing. I mean, we have this tendency to have it lined up in our minds. It's some like some Hollywood script or something, and it's just not. It's, it's just brutally horrific. And, uh, you know, none of us want to get cobbed up in a uh, third world war. None of us want to see... Uh, American lives lost, or any lives lost for that matter. But the reality is, is that um, Vladimir Putin is not likely to stop if he if he succeeds with this step. Uh, all the indicators are that he would continue on. So I do believe that there needs to be uh, American involvement. Frankly, we're the only force out there that would make a difference. You know, everybody talks NATO this, NATO that. That's great. And NATO is important or all that stuff. But let's face it, it's the U.S. It's a big component here. And uh, we have just simply not had the, in my opinion, we've not had the appropriate leadership to take the right steps in advance. And so 
here we are with it. So, yes, I do think so. Um, I, I forget the number, but it's it's uh, we're in the double-digit billions that we've supported them with defensive equipment. The debate now and that we're going to step into here very shortly is over uh, over these uh, airplanes out of out of Poland uh, to provide support for. And the question, of course, is do we when we do that, do we forcibly insert as an act of war the U.S. involvement in this? And we want to avoid that, but we want to try to support the uh, Ukrainian effort. Did uh, Zelensky give any indication that this might be able to be ended peacefully relatively soon, or is this something that is just going to drag on for a decade or more? Well, no timelines were were mentioned other than uh, here's we're in we're in trouble, and of course we we knew that and. Uh, uh, so no, the, the direct answer to your question is is no. That was not part of of his dialogue. He simply laid out the situation and uh, just the the tragic loss of life and uh, in his his uh, from his standpoint the barbaric attack that uh, his people have undergone, including civilians, without regard for uh, civilian versus military. And uh, it's it's a compelling story. There's no no question about it. Of course, for us, you know, you you've got that debate as to all right, at what point is it justified that uh, we put American lives at risk with this? And you can definitely make that argument. But there's also a strong argument to be said that they, look, you know, we cannot be the the uh, military solution for the entire planet. And uh, you know, it's. So there's a there's a legitimate debate going on there, but I think right now the vast majority of members of Congress are are there certainly with the defense and humanitarian aid. The offensive uh, the offensive uh, insertion is a, is a, a different topic. The the White House wants fifteen billion dollars in pandemic funds uh, to to fight COVID, and uh, it, it looks like Congress will not be giving them that. What what is the the holdup or why? Why not? I guess. Well, I, I've, I don't know the the exact number of trillions of future taxpayer money that we've committed to this, but I think that most people are are starting to lose their sense of of humor with that. And is it still a problem? Yeah. Um, but um, to be perfectly honest, uh, Chris, the, the the people of Idaho are moving on, and the people of America are moving on, and and uh, to uh, to continually uh, keep throwing debt money at this, I think, is, is just, especially with the other situations going on around the world and under other circumstances, it's just maybe another way to put it bluntly is that topic has lost its prime time place in in Congress for right now. And I don't see a tremendous appetite to continue uh, running tax money at it. If if there's a surge though in the United States like there is right now in China, would you change your mind on that? Well, you got to you got to look at the data, you know, and uh, by the way that is problematic. The the data that we get access to is not particularly consistent. And so the short answer to your question would be yes, I would, but we just need to have some confidence in that and is, and is that really is it really true? Is it really accurate? And um, I, I validate that. But uh, 
honestly, that's that's not the, the top of my priority list right now either. Congressman Russ Vulture uh, with us once again this morning. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We've got uh, one more segment uh, with you. Uh, some more questions to answer. KBY News Time is 847. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Congressman Russ Fulcher, uh, live with us here this morning. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening uh, in. Congressman, on the uh, heels uh, of the story, West Point cadets, six of them overdosed on fentanyl-laced cocaine during a spring break trip. Uh, just to give a, a, an idea of just how powerful fentanyl was, six of them overdosed. Only four of them actually used the cocaine that was laced with fentanyl. The other two overdosed when they tried to save the other four with mouth-to-mouth resuscitation and ended up overdosing just from mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. Fentanyl overdose deaths doubled last year in Idaho. Um, where is all the fentanyl coming from because it, it it's not coming from the united states do i understand that correctly correct the, from our understanding it is primarily being manufactured in china and imported illegally through the southern border had the opportunity to speak to the idaho legislature earlier this week and that was a real privilege and that's one of the points that i made it's one of these tragedies about the federal government refusing to enforce our border security laws is exactly that i believe the number was a 263 percent increase in deaths at least from 2020 in idaho due to to fentanyl and then uh, I think it was 500, it was over 500% of an increase in the seizures of illegal fentanyl. And so it's making its way well into Idaho. This isn't just a border issue. And that's one of the tragedies about not enforcing your border laws. It doesn't get a lot of airtime. It's very serious. We uh, saw last week Congress passed uh, a budget for the year. Uh, what exactly does that mean? And was there any uh, controversy in passing that budget? There always is, and uh, it was handled differently for political reasons, of course, in the House than it was in the Senate. It was broken into two pieces in the House. So we actually had two votes, uh, or I had two votes, and that uh, half of it was split, roughly half, was split up into military and security, and the other half was split into kind of a social medical side of things. And so the big sticking point on the House side was uh, a lot of us wanted to reinsert what's called the Hyde Amendment, which means basically no federal money for abortions. And then uh, we wanted to reinstate military funding level to the previous year because it had, it had been reduced. And so those two things did get reinstated. Personally, I supported the military and security. I did not support the social medical piece of that. There's just so much stuff in there that, that I just disagreed with. When it got to the Senate, it was combined all into one. And so they didn't have the option of, of picking and choosing. They had to just go yes or no on the entire thing. By the way, that's a unlike Idaho, where we have a single subject rule and we, for the most part, vote on one thing at a time. With the bills that we deal with here, they're all what's called omnibus. These things are 1,000, 2,000 pages, and, there's, and that's on purpose. Because, you know, people can't get a standalone thing passed and so they roll it into a great big thing and then you just have no choice but to weigh 
there's good and there's bad in this. And so uh, do I, is, is it more good than bad or more bad than good? And then you vote accordingly. And it's, 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 a, it's a bad way to, to run a Congress. But unfortunately, in my view anyway, that's how it is. Congress last week voted to overhaul the post office. What's going to happen to the post office? Well, they're in trouble, and they have been for some time. And, uh, you know, the, uh, you have to look at that and go, well, it's something that we, we need. Uh, FedEx isn't having any real big problems making money. Neither is UPS. And the counterargument to that is, well, yeah, but they don't have to deliver to every address across the country, whether it's in a remote area of Alaska or in urban New York City. So uh, that is the, the county argument. But a lot of people had transitioned over to electronic communication, and so their revenue has gone down, but yet the obligation has remained up. Uh, there's a reluctance, including from people like me, to use more taxpayer money to bail them out. Uh, I, I do favor the private, private privatization type of a model. But uh, we're, we're still yet to try to right. work through that, uh, Chris. Congressman Russ Fulcher, uh, thanks for being with us. We're about out of time. I just had one real quick question. We've got about 10 seconds here. A uh, listener wants to know if you know the number of undocumented immigrants who have been flown to Idaho from our southern border in the last year. Do you know that number? I do not know that. Okay. Uh, there has been uh, – it, it was it was not a huge number. I want to say it was around 100 uh, last time I checked. Thank you, Congressman, for being 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. With Ukrainian President Zelensky delivering a virtual address to Congress Wednesday morning, President Biden will also speak about the situation in Ukraine, including details of the $13.6 billion in aid the U.S. is sending there. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Because of the passion and the courage and the bravery of President Zelensky, there has been support for expediting the delivery of a historic amount of military and security assistance and weapons. Just this year, the Biden administration has committed $1.2 billion in security assistance for Ukraine, including $550 million just in the last two weeks. The government funding bill President Biden signed into law Tuesday includes $13.6 billion for Ukraine, military, economic, and humanitarian assistance. Putin's aggression against Ukraine has united people all across America, united our two parties in Congress, and united freedom-loving world. The president thanked leaders in Congress for working quickly to provide this money to Ukraine. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can email Chris at KBOI.com or Mike at KBOI.com. Putin um, expected a quick victory when he ordered the invasion on February 23rd. But forces have encountered fierce resistance. Uh, Apparently 150 Kremlin troops were killed overnight in Maripol. The invasion has seen Russian pilots blasted out of the sky, tanks ambushed, videos of sobbing soldiers after surrendering to uh, Ukrainians. Ukraine claims to have killed more than 13,500 Russian troops and have destroyed a large amount of equipment. Country's President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky claimed overnight that hundreds of Russian helicopters and tanks have been destroyed in the fighting. Now both a senior UK defense source and the former commander of U.S. forces say that the game could soon be up for Russia, possibly 
in as little as 10 days. Ukraine has Russia on the run, according to a source. It's running out of manpower and running out of energy as long as uh, Ukraine keeps pressing. They've got 10 to 14 days before reaching their culminating point. That's when the strength of Ukraine's resistance could become greater than Russia's attacking force. Meanwhile, retired U.S. Army General Ben Hodges has predicted Russian forces will be able to continue their assault on Ukraine um, 10 days from now if Ukraine can hold out that long. So it's kind of a race, actually, if we give the Ukrainians enough where they can outlast Russia until Russia culminates then in uh, the uh, general's assessment. Unless something dramatically different happens, they said that in about 10 days we could see this change. Russian forces continue to pound Ukrainian cities from air uh, and with artillery. There's also been reports that some members of Russian army forces are now refusing to follow orders. Wow. <laughs> what? I mean, it would be awesome if this, this is what does indeed happen. And I say it would be awesome because... Hopefully that would send a very loud, clear message to Russia not to invade these other countries. Yeah, that would be nice. That he just can't do it. It would be a a huge, a huge story if Ukraine was able to put an end to this Mm -hmm. just because they were able to outlast. And uh, Putin just finally realizes, wow, I can't win this. I don't want this to be another Afghanistan. Where we actually lose, so maybe the best uh, deal would be to sign some sort of peace agreement and get the hell out of there. Is there any chance he's going to realize that at some point? That's what they're saying. They're saying that in 10 days, it's going to get to the point where Ukrainian forces are more than Russian forces, and they could start overpowering Russian forces instead of the other way around as of right now. Now, it remains to be seen. That's, That's coming from defense officials from the U.K. and the United States. Those are just predictions. I don't know yeah. if it's going to come to fruition, but man, if it is, what a huge swing and a miss for Russia on this. Because I, even even I thought, and I think most Americans thought, oh, it wasn't going to be. Uh, this is going to. They're just going to difficult. Abs- yeah, yeah. I mean, the thought was that Russia has you know one of the strongest militaries in the world, and based on what we've seen in Ukraine. With all the mistakes that have been made and, and the ineptitude and the fact that Russian soldiers don't want to fight and running out of gasoline and breakdowns and things like that. And the fact that, you know, the Ukraine military, which I didn't think at any time or point of this whole thing, would have been able to stand up to the military, the mighty military of Russia, has done a good job of standing up to them. Yeah, the, the military and just regular people, too. I mean, you've got um, three or four high-ranking Russian generals who have been killed. Mm-hmm. Now, what is scary about this, and, and, and we've heard, you know, that we need to get Putin out of power. There's got to be some way to get Putin out of power. Maybe we can send in assassins to kill Putin. Here, here's the problem when you run into that. What happens then? Well, who I mean, that, that, who that's, comes to power that's in Russia kind of, then? Right there, that's kind of an act of war anyway. But if you're Russia, or if you're Ukraine, and you send assassins in to kill him, aren't you just, it's, are, you're already in war, and you're just protecting yourself? I was kind of talking about us doing it. No, I'm not talking about us doing it. Um, I'm talking about, there's talk, it's like, we need to get Putin out. The problem is, you destabilize all of, you, all of Europe. That's, that's the problem. As much as you may not like Putin, 
And here's the reason why I say this. A story out uh, yesterday that a Russian military advisor has urged Putin to fire a nuclear missile at the U.S. to send us a message. Jeez Louise. Let me say that again. A Russian military advisor... A military advisor. ...has urged Putin to fire a nuclear missile at the United States to send a message. At at meaning what? Like, send it halfway across the ocean and then it... No. um, they, They want to bomb our Nevada nuclear test range. Yeah, I don't think that that would turn out well. Um, he it may send a message, but the message is, hey, we'd like to be obliterated. He it, See, and that's what I think. Um, he wants to send a ballistic missile, nuclear missile, at the Nevada test range in America to send a message. Comment comes from Russian Duma member uh, Yevgeny uh, Fedorov. Mm-hmm. Claims that Western nations are acting on the assumption that Putin has no trump cards in his hand. One potential trump card, Fedorov says, could be nuclear strike on a Nevada test site, which he believes would not see retaliation from the United States. Oh, come on. That's... <laughs> Isn't that crazy? But that's the craziness that we're talking about here. Fedorov said in an interview, until there is a physical demonstration of Moscow's determination, America will receive the positions or perceive the res- positions of Russia and Putin as one big bluff. So we need to demonstrate, this is Fedorov saying that, the most convincing demonstration would be the physical destruction of America's Defense Department facilities. He's talking about facilities in Nevada. Russian Parliament member also alleged that the missile strikes could hit the laboratories that developed COVID-19. Did you know we had Nevada COVID-19 facilities that were developing in in Nevada? Uh, No. Yeah. Uh, he continued, for instance, these could be the very same laboratories that developed COVID-19, or we could demonstratively uh, strike the test range in Nevada with a ballistic missile. If we create for U.S. territory, say, a risk of 10,000 ca- uh, casualties from a strike or even a weak missile, the U.S. will perceive this as a threat of 10 million casualties. This is the America psychology, how they think about their country, Fedorov added, that because of the perceived psychology there would be no retaliatory strike from the U.S. Yeah, I, I, I doubt that's the truth. Oh, I guarantee. I don't even think that you could strike the U.S. without a strike happening back. Because when, you mean the, it wouldn't, it, when it, we would be striking them before it even reached here. Before it even reached here. Yeah. Am I wrong? I, don't I mean, so. our, missile, our missile defense system would see that as a threat. And as soon as they confirmed that that ballistic missile was headed somewhere to the United States, we would have a retaliatory strike going to Russia almost immediately. Mm-hmm. They would pass like each in, other in the air, I'm, like in, I'm guessing. Like in failsafe. Did you ever see that? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't turn out well. No. He, it, it, uh, that's why I'm scared. I don't like Putin. All right. But when you destabilize a gov- government and say Putin gets taken out of power... Who fills that vacuum? Do you get another even crazier person than Putin? Like like this guy in the Russian parliament? At this point, I'm probably willing to find out. <sighs> Instead of talking about taking out Putin, maybe you should uh, talk about getting rid of uh, Fedorov. Holy cow. I mean, he, he, he apparently he has not paid attention to uh, American and U.S. history when it comes to uh, war and attacks on our soil. I mean, you, you would have to go back to the last attack on our soil, um, and that would have to be Pearl Harbor, and that didn't go well, right? 
uh, ultimately, the country ultimate, that attacked it. ultimately, it didn't turn out well for Japan. No. Yeah. Uh, Clay at Eagle, good morning. You're on Newstalk KBOI. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, it sort of reminded me of the 1939 Winter War, which nobody knows about. You might want to look that up on your uh, Internet device and uh, see what happened there. I'm thinking that uh, if Biden had any brains at all, he would look back at what FDR did to fight Japan and China before we got into World War II. Just take a bunch of uh, our drones, paint them with Ukrainian colors, have a bunch of our guys that operate those resign their commissions and become sworn in as members of the Ukrainian Air Force and go to town. We take out the columns, take out the command centers, and Russia's army would be inviscerated for the next 50 years. That's the way those guys work. But they have planes, too, so what would happen there? Well, they have planes, but they wouldn't know that they were ours because those planes, the the drones would be Ukrainian. The the people operating them would be Ukrainian. We did that Mm. with the Flying Tigers, and Russia did the same thing in North Korea when we were at war. What do you think who was flying those MiG-17s? It was Russian pilots. They had... You, they had North Korean paint jobs. doesn't matter. They do it all the time. And as far as worrying about who's going to take over, if history has any lesson for us to learn, it's that the Russia, Russian the, the party will take Putin out because he's becoming an embarrassment, and he is becoming more destructive to their system than to anybody else's system and that's that's you look at what happened to gorbachev and and all the rest of them that came and went um if they uh after the after the cuban missile crisis khrushchev was just put to put to rest you know they just put him out on a farm and they had someone else take over they'll have to regroup their finances their their markets are ruined they're done so uh, everybody thinks that russia is this big big, powerful thing. They have proven themselves over and over to be absolutely inept at military um, uh, functions, especially if they are on the offense. Uh, When they're on the defense, they're really good. They have sure shown that uh, during this particular um, invasion, because I think most everybody thought that this wouldn't be going on very long, not because Ukraine could hold on, but because Russia would just completely overrun them, and that hasn't happened. Thank you for the call. Thanks for the thoughts. We'll take a quick break here. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through, um, we have one line open right now. If you are on the line, stay right where we're at. I'll promise we'll uh, get to you coming up here next. In Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 922, uh, you know, Russians, you know, that we're hearing that people in Russia are protesting the war. Russians have nobody else to blame but themselves. Elections have consequences. If they wouldn't have elected Putin by 107% of the vote, um, you know, they wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, They really need to start some grassroots campaigns, I guess. Something like that, right? I mean, um, of course, somebody will try to kill them, but, you know. Gordon in uh, New Plymouth. Thanks for being with us on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Good morning. Do you recall uh, when Reagan came into office? Let's see, what happened? So Carter was president when Russia invaded Afghanistan, and he withheld wheat sales to Russia, and he kept us from participating in the Olympics in Russia that followed that invasion. And then when Reagan came into office, 
he helped the Afghans who were struggling against the Russians. But at first, they did it secretly. Mm-hmm. I was thought about when your previous caller mentioned that we could uh, mask our weapons with their insignias and, and they wouldn't know it was us. Well, that's exactly what Reagan did. you personally have a recollection of that? Yeah, it was It was explained. The reason I have a really good recollection, recollection of that isn't necessarily because I was paying attention to politics back then, um, but Charlie Wilson's war explained so much about what went on with that. And, and one of my favorite sayings, and the same thing that we have to pay attention to here, um, is one of the uh, people from the CIA saying, hey, we have to keep a, a close eye on the Cold War because that's how a Cold War becomes a real war, and you got to keep a close eye on that. Um, and he was talking oh. about actually giving real United States weapons to the Afghans because Russia would have viewed that as an act of war um, again from the United States. So they, it had to have a viability or a reliability a rely- reliability that it looked like the weapons were coming from someplace else other than the United States, even though they were coming from the United States. Wow. Yeah, you know, that's, that's interesting. The, 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 Char- the Charlie's War movie <laughs> brought that out. That's good. But I found out about it because early one morning, Anwar Sadat came on TV, and he was real mad at America for going ahead and selling some jets to Israel that were supposed to be only used for offensive purposes, but they attacked a nuclear reactor in, in uh, Iraq instead. So anyway, he, he was so mad, he reported to the world that there were Soviet-style solar arms being manufactured in Egypt for the purpose of helping those guys in <laughs> Afghanistan. And I, I saw that, like, that was one of those news stories you see it early in the morning, and then you don't see it again, then it completely off, you don't see it anymore. <laughs> Thank you, thank you for the call, Gordon. Appreciate your thoughts, uh, Rick. Rich in Middleton. Good morning. You're on Newstalk KBOI. Hey, good morning. How you guys doing? Good. Hey, so I've been listening to this, you know, watching it on the news, and I can't believe what is actually happening over there. I mean, obviously it's a tragedy, but think about it. There's no way out of this. If the Russia keeps going, there's no way we're not going to get involved. Some well, way, I mean, somehow we're, we're already involved. You heard earlier this morning we sent we're sending thirteen was it thirteen point six billion dollars in aid and support to Ukraine. So yeah, I mean, uh, they're gonna, they're, we're already going to look at that as an act of war. Yeah. They're going to look at that as an act of war, and someone's got like you guys said earlier. Someone's got to take that dude out. I call it a sacrificial lamb. The only thing that There's scares no me, other option. the only thing that scares me, is uh, who takes over. You could be getting somebody, and and we told the story of the military advisor um, who is saying, "Hey, we should, you know, send nukes to the United States because they won't respond. We need to get, we need to send them a message." You could get somebody even crazier than Putin who would be in office. That's the problem. One nuke, one nuke goes off. One rogue general pushes that button. It's over. Yeah, but it's over it's for the over. entire yeah, world. All, I think. It, yeah. It, it, yeah, the whole planet, the whole planet, because nobody would, the radiation poisoning would circle the globe, yeah. and we're toast. Thank you for the call, Rich. Appreciate you know. it. Hey, real quick, real real quick. How can somebody go about getting some refugee kids here in Idaho? Where do you go? Who do you talk to? Good question. I don't have an answer to that, but uh, you just put it out. So if somebody is listening, we have really smart listeners. 
by the way. Uh, if, <laughs> if, if somebody is listening, um, Rich wants to know, um, so you're looking to adopt. Is that, is that what you're looking to do? Yes, I would like to take two two kids, from preferably brother and sister, siblings. Okay, you know to help. I mean, I can't do much. I'm going to be yeah. 53. I'm going to retire here pretty soon. But I can, you know, a little bite. You know, All right. I can help somebody. If somebody knows, I got a beautiful home here in West Nap. I got a beautiful home. It's just me and my fiance. Hey, we're willing to do this. But who now, do when you, you when to? you when you say refugees, um, are you talking um, you know foreign refugees or refugees here in the uh, Treasure Valley who might need a place to live? Because we can probably hook you up there, too. From Ukraine. Okay, from Ukraine. Um, we'll put it out there for you. Who knows? Somebody might know that's listening this morning, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Thanks for the call, Rich. Uh, appreciate it. It is 926. We'll get to more of your phone calls and emails. We do have calls on. Um, uh, the next two calls, want to talk about uh, what's going on with Ammon Bundy and the protest yesterday at the hospital that closed it down for an hour. We'll get to those calls. If you're there, don't go anywhere. I promise we'll get to you after news. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Kegs and eggs and biscuit and hogs. Don't forget, that's tomorrow morning. Make your plans to uh, join us. We'll uh, be broadcasting live beginning at 6 o'clock at Biscuit and Hogs. Take advantage of $1 green beer all day and enjoy breakfast. The signature corned beef hash and eggs. It's only 12 bucks. Watch all the great tournament action. One of the uh, many big screens. Of course, that uh, team that uh, rhymes with Noisy State um, will also be uh, playing, and uh, that will be on the big screen. Every every game will be on the big screen, by the way. Nate Shelman will broadcast his show beginning at 3. Coincidentally, the same time happy hour be- begins. Or not coincidentally. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be all planned because it's kind of weird that happy hour is over at 6 o'clock. So is Nate's show. Um, Got... Um an instant message here. It's it's not signed, but it says, hasn't there been numerous nuclear detonations here on Earth? What about all the testing? Did that cause a poisonous gas to be floating around forever? Could that be some of the health problem this country is faced with? Uh, there have been on Earth, as of uh, a recent date, more than 2,000 nuclear uh, explosions. The two in World War II... Uh, in Japan were the only two that have ever been actually used in war. The rest of them were all tests, but there have been more than 2,000. Because, Like in the 1950s, they were doing them all the time. So, yeah, there's been some problem with it, especially downwind from all these things. Uh, I don't don't know necessarily that the uh, overall health of the country has changed. Uh, Lee Joe, Eagle, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. I'd like to clarify some stuff since the CBS newsroom and KTVB always have their own. They, they only get to half the story. First on uh, baby Cyrus, he is no longer in the custody of St. Luke's, and that was the uh, Boise Police Department rep- uh, liaison that told me that. Um, who, who, ha- who has him generally now? A foster family. So it um, did go to a foster family and not back to no, the mother and father. There has, there has been no hearing still. They postponed the hearing uh, to today, so there still has been no hearing. Um, and the, um, so I'm about to send out the people's rights uh, call to action for the noon protest at the courthouse in support of the baby so that uh, we can get uh, 
you know, get some influence in here and make people realize that the child is not abused. And when the kid was arrested, or I mean, when the parents were arrested and the child was there, I was present at the arrest. The child was not at all lethargic, and there was a, uh, you know, obvious that it wouldn't hurt to take the take mom with. Yeah, or and I'll was, say the same thing to too. I saw the video, and I, I wouldn't say the child was lethargic. Uh, the mother was holding him the entire time. Um, seemed to be wide awake and alert. So I, I, I would agree with you there. Um, are there allegations of abuse? I haven't, I haven't heard if there were allegations that he was being abused. Well, he was taken because of imminent danger. Um, right. And that imminent danger being apparently that he wasn't being nourished correctly um, by the only source of nourishment that he could tolerate. I told you yesterday about my own experience with my my kids and having a really hard time moving into uh, solid foods um, but uh, that, that that there has been no allegation of actual abuse just this uh, perceived threat of negligence yeah which that's is what I thought not true okay so now and, and then on the Bundy trial the half truth that comes out of that there's been a lot of motions in limine or pretrial motions which limit the topics that can be discussed at the actual trial. Right. And that usually, that usually happens in almost all trials. Yeah, all of them. So the, the prosecutor's strategy has been to eliminate any discussion of any of the conditions surrounding this or even the authority to, uh, to trespass, which, um, which is in easily in debate here. But that, but Ammon hasn't been able to discuss, you know, the, anything about the First Amendment. That's been eliminated. Basically, the prosecutor managed to get this down to, were you given a paper? And and that means you were trespassed. And so there you go. And nothing about how the trespassing law has been interpreted and how it was written originally not to include, uh, with the intent not to include public uh, property. Uh, nothing about the actual fact, not the, you know, when you hear the whole truth and nothing but the truth, the judge has backed the prosecutor in limiting every part of the whole truth that could come out. And that's why Ammon made this statement, basically, that this is this is basically a rehash of the last trial he had where you're not allowed to say anything and it's all stacked for the prosecution. And so the judge is leading him to the gallows again on this on this one as well, because none of the extenuating circumstances, which are valid First Amendment causes, you know, the right to petition your government, uh, are allowed to even be brought up. And so, you know, you know how the general public is. They're just going to look at it and say, yep, he was trespassed, and off he goes. And that's what the jurors are going to say. So, so you, think, you think the jurors are going to find him uh, guilty again? They, they haven't been given any evidence that proves otherwise because all that's been allowed is the evidence, is the, you know, basically, were you given a paper that said you were trespassed and then here's your, uh, and, and nothing about even, he's not even allowed to discuss the actual law that he's alleged to violate it. Okay, so he's, he's allowed almost no evidence in here. Yeah. And that's that's what the jury thinks. So yeah, it's it's set so that he will be found guilty again in the same way he was found last time. Only this time, the people on the stand weren't Scott Bedke, you know, who was falsifying his testimony. It, um, these are the uh, 
the officers that arrested him that said, yeah, he was resisting when he went limp. And when he goes limp, it's what he says is that um, he's not going to assist anyone in taking away his rights. So walking is assisting them in taking away his rights. That's why he gets carted out every time, because there, there's a principle there. You're not going to help someone take away your, your individual freedom. You'd think if it um, happens every time, maybe he'd learn eventually. You'd, you'd think, but it's the same violations of rights, isn't it? Is, isn't it every time well, we're violating depends, the First depend, Amendment? It depends on whose opinion you're asking. Right, right, and how and how your uh, you know who appointed your judge and right. how the prosecution and so I, I, in, a, in a court of law, the opinion of a judge uh, of is going to probably outweigh the opinion of uh, Evan Bundy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And who appointed that judge? That's usually the case around here. The the judge is appointed by you know your established your establishment, and then later they go through an election yeah. process, but it's after a after they've been approved by those who are in power to, you know, to yeah, keep those people in power. That is the only way we, you know, we, we approve judges. Yeah, it is. That's, that's correct. Those in power get to keep power. The elections have consequences. They protect, they get judges appointed who keep them, you know, well protected. And, and they've done a great job of wielding their political power in this one. And it, like I said yesterday, we're looking at potential ties to, uh, the governor and through and, and to the uh, the uh, Fred Martin, the state the state senator, so, who's so the you, head you of think the, this is a whole big whole conspiracy started by the governor and I, told him to do all this stuff and I can't prove anything, but there's so many so many circumstances around who you know who the grandfather is and who his enemies are and the allegations he's made against him. That it's it's hard to believe that it's not got some political tie-in. So, I mean, for me, it's not. Right. I, I don't have, and the and the and there was conspiracy in the the earlier trial between Bedke and the governor. Now, can you prove the emails that? Are there. Those, those emails are out there. Yes. So why hasn't anybody sued over that if there was a conspiracy? Because that would be illegal. Uh, it's it's. Only illegal if you're if anybody will allow a lawsuit if the you know if you get well, anybody to, uh, can sue anything for anybody. I mean, in America, right, you, no, you're allowed no, to you sue anybody actually, for anything. It has to, it has to go through a, a, a clerk of the court first, and then that goes to a judge who decides whether or not it's a, a legitimate case that they're going to actually start, and that's where it ends. It goes to that you know goes to the judges. They say, eh, not really. That's how you protect your political power here in this state. All right. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Or you could go on the evidence. I'm just saying. Uh, Christy Eagle, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Thank you. Um, I was at the courthouse yesterday, and there was absolutely nothing anywhere near any kind of riot or people causing trouble um, I, don't, we I, I haven't heard any story on, on whether there was a, that there was a riot. Who, well, was who, said there was a, who said there was a riot? Well, they're all talking about that there was all these unruly people in there that was making it fearful for anybody to walk into the hospital. We went to the hospital and just stood and prayed. There was just nothing ever 
there was families, there were babies, there were other grandparents like myself just standing out in the rain, cars going by honking, and Diego came out from the courthouse and just said, the baby's going to be discharged, we're not real sure what's going to happen, you know, if you can, just go and pray around the hospital, just that the God will be intervening and taking care of this baby, that the medical staff could find what's going wrong with this. There's just it was just nothing but prayerful time of people joining together, and everybody's talking like that they had to lock down the hospital. There was no reason. the The biggest thing they've said the is then. that the biggest thing they've said is that there were entrances that were blocked. Is that not the case? No, I mean, there wasn't that many people to even be blocking it. It was just like I moved for people constantly. I smiled. I talked to them. It was just no. I'm sorry, so I, the media just... Well, i never seen one bit of you guys there. i never seen any media at the courthouse or there. So Where what would you, you say mean? to um, Mundy releasing a statement on YouTube yesterday warning that uh, if the young child was not returned to the family after a hearing Tuesday afternoon that patriot groups um, would take action and that this judge, I'm quoting here, this is Bundy, if he doesn't return this family back knowing and seeing the information that is out there, if he doesn't straighten this out, then we have to straighten it out for him, and that's not going to be pretty. That doesn't, that doesn't sound like he's calling for, you know, prayer, because prayer to well, me is pretty. Okay, so is that, is that why you, they locked down the hospital, because of Bundy? Um, I think there were, yeah, there were threats that they wanted to make sure that there wasn't going to be any problems. I haven't heard any rioting that went on or, or well, that it was very, any problems. Was very I, I, I heard that there was social and, media... Um, that was commenting, saying, hey, maybe there's a way that we can get into the hospital through some of the tunnels. Mm-hmm. So I, that's all I heard, that there was possible threats. I'm guessing there, you know, it didn't take very long to figure out there were no threats because they only closed the hospital down for one hour. But you don't, you don't hear that side of it. I'm sorry. I've never heard anybody say, oh, I guess there really were no threats. Those were peaceful people praying which is what my goodness this country needs prayer more than anything only god can intervene and fix all this only god and i don't see anybody saying or coming to talk to anybody as myself there yesterday why are you there i have three kids every one of them had digestive issues when they were babies and had to be on special formula i have a granddaughter two grandchildren that was like that that I had to keep taking in and making sure that they were thriving and the grandkids, my parents, if my kids had to take their children. It's, it, there's something going on that's and not told to you, everybody. You, you, and took, that's, you took your kids to the doctor then to make sure that they were okay? Absolutely. Okay, good. That's what she did too. Good. Well, I mean, yeah, she, she, she missed an appointment and apparently her, her father, uh, the father of the baby also missed a, missed an appointment too from from what we had. Like I said, I'm not I'm not involved in this. Uh, you're right. Um, world needs more prayer. Keep on praying. Thank you for the call. Listen to KBOI online. Go to kboi.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Just a few more minutes on the uh, show uh, this morning. Good morning, uh, Jen. In Boise, you're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Good morning. I just wanted to say I am in the hospital recovering and um, firsthand knowledge. Yesterday, I I agree in protest, but when your rights start interfering with the hospital rights for service, 
for children, for adults. Um, is that okay? I don't think so. Did that cause a problem for you yesterday? Uh, my nurse got lock, locked out. I know there's a discussion of why did they lock down. Um, I, I don't have direct knowledge, but they were um, they didn't have a plan. Was he going to search the hospital or not? So. All right. Thank you for sharing, Jen. Uh, appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks. Got, uh, an instant message here. It's not signed, but it says, isn't it God that is responsible for all that is happening uh, to a degree? Uh, yeah, I, I don't tend to blame bad things on God. We still have free will. God gave us free will. There we go. Um, Lee writes in uh, email, Mike at KBY.com. I read an article yesterday that In-N-Out will be going in at the Village of Meridian. It will be the largest In-N-Out restaurant ever. I didn't realize that. Something like three times the size of normal In-N-Outs. How big are these restaurants uh, as it is? Same as McDonald's or Burger King. How many people can it hold? I always hear about long lines at these places because of their cult following. Uh, I've never been to one. Um, well, I've heard the same stories. Yeah, the, I mean, I've been to different size ones. The one in Arizona I went to was fairly large. It sounds like it's going to be about the similar size as this. The one in California was pretty small, mostly just a drive-through, only a few chairs uh, inside that you, you could sit at. Um, Spe- but Speaking of food, where are we going to be tomorrow? Tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Kegs and Eggs will be broadcasting live once again from Biscuit and Hogs. Dollar Green Beers in honor of St. Patrick's Day all day long, starting at 6 if you would like. Uh, you can take advantage of that, and you can also enjoy breakfast. Their signature corned beef hash and eggs is $12. See the kegs and eggs part? Mm-hmm. Watch all the tournament games. That's all tomorrow, beginning at 6 o'clock. Biscuit and Hogs in uh, Meridian will be there all day. Nate Shellman does his show beginning at 3 o'clock. Should be a lot of fun. We'll see you there tomorrow morning. Have yourself a great day.